Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away and a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It greatly helps out the show, and it's much appreciated. Also, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's Conspiracy with a K. Also, follow me on YouTube at Conspiracy Kyle, once again, with a K. And also, now you can find me on the Rockfin Network at rockfin.com with new exclusive content. Now on to the show. This episode is titled, Star Wars Vampires. On one of my previous episodes, We Are the Bad Batch 2, we discussed the dragon monster from the series which fed off of pure energy. We equated this creature to those in our world who seek to extract our energy from us. Well, there was a species in Star Wars that could be more directly considered an energy monster than this dragon. That species is called the Anzadi. The Anzadi were very interesting humanoid beings that are very unique in the Star Wars universe. While they haven't been featured much in shows or movies, comics and novels have dove headfirst into these fascinating entities. There are very few Anzadi spread throughout the galaxy, and many consider them to be mythical or just creatures in scary bedtime stories. The Anzadi could live for thousands of years, and thus did not desire, like most beings, continual procreation to prolong the life of their species. It was somewhat unnecessary. What was most desired, however, was the soup. Yes, you heard me correct. The soup. But not soup in the literal sense. The Anzati definition of soup was, in fact, the brain matter of other beings. Yikes. The Anzati were normal in appearance, about average height, relatively indistinguishable from other humanoids. Their physical appearance was a sort of camouflage to what they really were. Whenever they were going in for the kill on one of their victims, their physical appearance changed and two tentacles appeared from their cheeks on their face and inserted themselves directly into the brain of their victims. Now some Anzati were random killers where any type of victim will do, but some were more strategic and more selective. Only the finest specimens with the highest brain matter will do for these types. And this is why the longest living Anzati often sought out Jedi and force sensitive beings to feast on. Now the Anzati were very force sensitive as well, 
and it was believed that they were able to actually increase their connection to the Force by making a meal out of a Jedi. Like I mentioned previously, this species is not referenced much in the movies or the shows. But a novel from 1995 placed an Nzadi character in the original Star Wars film A New Hope. This book called Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina is one of my favorite Star Wars books. And screw you Disney for saying it doesn't count as part of the overall story anymore. Screw you. This book is a collection of short stories written by a variety of authors that lays out the backstory for each and every creature slash humanoid character that frequented the Mos Eisley Cantina, specifically on that fateful day that Luke and Obi-Wan stopped in to search for a pilot. You know, that same day where Han Solo shot and killed the bounty hunter Greedo. You know when Han shot first? Uh, actually, quick rabbit trail, I don't prefer the phrase Han shot first, even though it is a popular catchphrase now in Star Wars culture, I prefer the term Han shot only. Because that's what happened in the original cut of the movie. But I digress. Author Jennifer Roberson wrote a short story in the Cantina book called Soup's On, The Pipe Smoker's Tale. This was the story of Danik Jericho, an Ansari bounty hunter who was at the bar that day. In the movie, you can see this character briefly after Obi-Wan cuts off Ponda Baba's arm. He's over to the left of the incident with a distorted-looking nose, and he is smoking a pipe of some sort. This story lays out a lot of the backstory we know about this species and the character specifically. Danik Jericho lovingly refers to the brain matter soup as luck or chance. And he frequents bars and smugglers' dens because he knows that these types of individuals possess an innate ability to evade capture and use their brains to get out of tricky situations. Therefore, he knows they likely have a greater soup than the average galactic citizen. And he lays out how his plans are different from other Anzadi. Quote, Other Anzadi bind themselves to small lives, lives wholly focused on hunting. But there is more, so much more. One need only have the imagination to see what lies out there and to find a way to take it. Let them bind themselves. Let them live their small lives, drinking soup from unworthy vessels. Let me take the best instead. A heady brew, such soup, far more intoxicating and therefore longer lasting than the temporary measures than other Anzati rely on. And meanwhile, I am paid to do what I must do. Yes, oh yes. The best of both worlds. Unquote. Best of both worlds obviously means that it was his job to kill as a bounty hunter, and it was also his pleasure, and satisfied the cravings of his species as well. The story goes on to recount that Danik Jericho wanted to feast on the brains of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the cantina that day, but he missed his opportunity. I doubt that he really would have stood a chance against Kenobi, I mean he literally just saw Kenobi slice some dude's arm off. So why is this relevant in our world? Well, there are a few interesting things. For one, the desire of the Anzati for the brain, soup, is in sharp contrast to the desire for adrenochrome by those in our world, 
if some of the stories and accounts of this practice are to be believed. As it has been described previously, adrenochrome, which is an actual existing non-conspiratorial chemical compound slash drug, it comes from oxidized blood in the adrenal gland, basically pure adrenaline. The brain soup, on the other hand, is purely from the brain, not blood-related at all. While some compare the anxiety to vampires, and even I included that in the title of this episode, the fact is they do not feast on blood at all, just pure brain matter. And also, as the conspiracy goes with adrenochrome, those who seek this drug extract it from the most vulnerable members of society, children. This is in sharp contrast to the brain soup, which the anxiety seek from those who are older, wiser, and possess greater force sensitivities, which is the complete opposite of adrenochrome seekers. For two, the anxiety's brain soup desire is comparable, albeit in a metaphorical sense, to how the mainstream media, political leaders, and even religious leaders seek to tap into our brains and extract what they need and need us to do. Think again about the fact that the anxiety tentacles feasted on the best and brightest of the galaxy. Also, we didn't mention this previously, but the vessel that had their brains feasted on in this story, their brain their brain and body turn to mush and they die in most cases. Isn't that the same thing that's happening with all the communist, socialist, and globalist ideologies feasting on the brains of the best and brightest in the educational system? And also how dangerous medical agendas are feasting on the brains of doctors and other health experts who are in turn propagating these agendas to the world. And during these past few years, we're also seeing that other average Joes who are, you know, business professionals, VPs, corporate directors, etc., they're having their brains feasted unwillingly by the powers that be as well, when they should really know better. And for three, the end goal of the anxiety eating the brain soup is to increase their life force at the expense of others. I mean, isn't that a perfect analogy for what the leaders of this world are doing to us day in and day out? They've been running us ragged with COVID restrictions, lockdowns, and more and more distractions, and more and more BS. Meanwhile, they and their cronies are living in lavish palaces, counting their money, while we can't even get on a plane without a negative COVID test. Depopulation and economic instability for us peons is real, and it is in effect a way for these elites to increase their life force. More resources for them, less for us. And not to mention the non-stop propaganda on TV and in the newspapers. Every time we react to what they want us to react to, they win. We've exerted our finite life force on things that weren't worth the exertion. In closing, don't allow your brain to become soup by the tentacles of this globalist cult. That has already happened to most of the world. We need to keep our brains as long as we can. And this cult desires our brains because we are strong and we're powerful. So just remember that. Stay strong. May the force be with you.